I didn't think I had a tickle in my throat until I started singing. When I graduated high school in 1996, the famous song on the radio and even more famous during the month of June was the song, I Will Remember You by Sarah, I want to say McLaughlin. Is that it? Does anyone remember that song? Such an emotional song. I will remember you. <clears throat> you know, the interesting thing, uh, as we talk about remembrance, um, September 11th, 9-11 was probably one of the first historical things in the country's uh, past that I kind of was a part of. Um, so in other words, I remember growing up hearing things like, what, where were you the day John F. Kennedy was assassinated? And to me, it was just a history lesson. But my mom could tell you how it was. And 9-11 was that for me. So in other words, when I say that is even now as a teacher, whenever we have 9-11 come around again, I'm now teaching kids that it's a complete history lesson to them. Uh, they haven't, they weren't born when it happened. Um, <clears throat> it's been a while. They were born sometimes eight to 10 years after it happened. Those are my students. And so... Why do I say that? Is because there's an idea that we never want to forget, right? We never want to forget. And yet, myself included, this year I was like, wow, it's been 20 years since 9-11. 20 years. Um, interesting. Interesting. I have uh, a portion here this morning where Joseph asks two guys in prison, remember me. Remember me. Let's look to the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you so much um, that you remember your children. Thank you so much that uh, you forget our sins and yet remember how much you love us. Uh, you remember all your promises and choose to not think about our sins. Lord, uh, that's a deep thing, one I can't even really uh, wrap my mind around. Uh, Lord, we pray during this time. I just... I want to be encouraged in the faith. We know that you are correct. We know that you are the truth, the way, the life. Would your spirit do a mighty work, burn in our hearts. Give us a passion and a zeal for you and your house. Lord, help us to think of you during this time. Be honored and glorified above all. In your name, amen. <clears throat> Turn in your Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter 40. We're going to read through the first 14 verses. Give you a little context. Joseph was thrown into prison. And again, we're having this whole series. How does Joseph make me think of Jesus? Genesis chapter 40 in verse 1, it says, And it came to pass after these things that the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them. So they were in custody for a while. Then the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, had a dream, both of them, each man's dream in one night, and each man's dream with its own interpretation. 
And Joseph came into them in the morning and looked at them, and he saw that they were very sad. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in the custody of his Lord's house, saying, Why do you look so sad today? And they said to him, We each have had a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. So Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell them to me, please. Then the chief butler told his dream to Joseph, and he said to him, Behold, in my dream a vine was before me, and the vine was three branches, and it was, though, and it was as though it budded. Its blossoms shot forth, and its clusters brought forth ripe grapes. Then Pharaoh's cup was in my hands, and I took the grapes, and I pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said to them, This is the interpretation of the dream. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift your head up and restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. But remember me when it is well with you, and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews, and also I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon." And there is more we could read here. But if you're familiar with the story, what Joseph says comes true. What Joseph says comes true. Did he report to Pharaoh right away that Joseph told him the dream? No. In fact, it will be two years pass before Joseph is remembered. Did God forget Joseph? What if I was going to say yes, Xavier? No, Xavier is right. No, God did not forget Joseph. He asked to be remembered by this guy. It's interesting because there's numerous times, and we're going to look at it today, where characters in the Bible have asked the Lord, saying, remember me, remember me. It is not meaning that God has ever forgotten Um, In fact, there's numerous verses that would say God remembered. God remembered certain promises to Israel. He remembered Noah when he was in the ark. There's ways that God has chosen to remember. So when we say remember, let's not really think about, oh, I forgot about you. As much as it means, bring me to mind. Last year, for some reason... We got into this little habit in the morning, which I benefited from tremendously. As I was getting ready for work, Kim and I had to leave at the exact same time. Well, when it was time when typically frost is on the windows, Kim would start both cars. So my window would be defrosted, and I had to go into a warm car. Done. It actually probably give me like five more minutes to sleep, to be honest. One day, I think Kim was busy. And again, this has been a pattern for probably a couple of weeks. And so I said, hey, where's the key to the car? And I got my car. I started my car, got back in the house. We're all about to leave. Kim looks at me, says something like this. You didn't remember me. I did not warm up her car at all. It was a horrible moment, actually. There was really, like, there was no joking. There was, like, there was nothing to be said except... (sighs) 
I mean, literally weeks of first starting my car. And just, I didn't think about it at all, starting her car. Sounds bad. It was. And I remember my kids, my kids were sitting there looking at me going, you really didn't do this? And again, it's one of those things, you, you got to get you got to get to work, you got to get to school. Bye. I just kind of got in my car, like, where do you go? <laughs> like, horrible. Horrible. But the truth is, I didn't forget who Kim was. I didn't forget. I just, she didn't come to my mind. And uh, that, so that is kind of like the attitude. Sometimes we think, when it says, remember, it's putting someone in your mind or... People are asking, please put me in your mind as Kim did for me. Okay? God is constantly saying to us, I remember you. I put you in my mind all of the time. As I said before, you can read about it where he says it to Noah. He says it to the children of Israel. In fact, with Joseph himself, remember Joseph's mom, Rachel, could not have kids. And the Bible says that God remembered her. And then she had Joseph. God remembered her. And then she had Joseph. He thought of her. He thought of her. I want us to look at four times people called on the Lord and how God remembered them this morning. A lot of these might be familiar stories. In the book of Judges, chapter 16, verse 28, we have Samson asking God, to remember him. Here's what the verse says. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I might be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. Remember the story of Samson. He was actually called as a judge before the Lord, he had a special before he was born mark on him from God to help deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. That was his job, to deliver Israelites from the Philistines. He did pretty good at certain times. He made some mistakes in his life. And then we know the story of Delilah. They capture him. They pluck out his eyes, cut his hair. No more strength. At the very end of his life, he prays out to God, would you remember me one more time? Did God forget Samson? No. But it's the idea that he's saying, please think about me. Even though I have not fulfilled my calling, even though I'm the one that messed up. I want us to remember that. That Samson had a calling from God that he was to destroy the Philistines, and he blew it. Each and every one of us has a calling from the Lord to do something specific with your life. God's called you to it, and he will faithfully work with you to accomplish that till the day you die, regardless of your actions. He is always willing to say, let's get back to why I made you. What's your calling? This week, I had a rough week at work. 
I got the DEP to stock some trout with my students. It was wonderful. Um, and before that, some of my students uh, have never uh, caught a fish. And so last week, actually, we went to a camp. <laughs> and uh, I was trying to teach this one girl, Faith, how to catch fish. Um, I hooked on to a largemouth bass for her, told her to keep the pole up. She didn't really listen to me. And uh, the bass got off the hook. So this week, again, tough job. I uh, went to Black Pond in Meriden, and we stocked about 500 trout. And as soon as the DEP left, Mr. Glover had his pole in the van. And so it was kind of hard to uh, catch fish. We, we had more important things to do, but um, I did catch a trout. Who did I give the pole to? Faith. Because even though she made the mistake in the past, I thought of her saying, You've got to catch this fish. In some ways, I think that's the way God is with us. We constantly have this idea that when we mess up, God somehow doesn't want to talk to us or something like that. And God is still going, hey, you're coming right to my mind. <laughs> Just like Faith was the number one student I thought of when I called the trust. And I got to give the poll to her, no one else. She's the one that messed up last time. She didn't achieve her goal of catching a fish. It is interesting that Samson would pray in this way, Lord, remember me. Let me take my, my vengeance on them. There's interesting ways to interpret that. Um, you can do a study yourself. But I will say this. Did God answer Samson's prayer? In Judges 16.30, it said, With his death, he killed more Philistines than when he was alive. Samson, if you remember the story of old, knocks down the pillars. His calling in life is to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines with his death. He killed more Philistines than when he was alive. God answered his prayer. He remembered him. He remembered him. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the rebuilder of the walls said this in Nehemiah thirteen fourteen. Remember me, O my God, concerning this, and wipe not out my good deeds that I have done for the house of my God and for the offices therefore. Nehemiah wanted to cry out saying, God, think of me concerning this. Nehemiah had done an amazing work rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, organizing Miracles had taken place. And you know what happened? The Israelites went right back to their old ways almost right away. He had to address the problems of wrong relationships. He also had to address the problem of buying and selling things on the Sabbath. He also had to address the problem of failing to support the work of God as he commanded for the temple and things like that. He actually fixes everything. Or whatever, the Lord does the work, how you want to say that, and addresses all those three issues. It seems like they get it right. And you'll read in the next chapter or two, they all go back to the same exact things. And so Nehemiah kind of cries out to the Lord saying, listen, Lord, I did it. These people got on task. Then they went away. Don't forget me, though. Remember my good deeds because I remain faithful. 
Do you ever have times where you want to cry out to the Lord for things like that? It seems like I've kind of failed, but Lord, I tried my best and other people failed around me, affecting the work. Nehemiah was worried about the temple, worried about people obeying him, but he wanted to be remembered for good. <laughs> Lord, remember me for the good I've done. Did God forget Nehemiah, or did he remember him? Do you know, I was thinking about Anne Frank's diary. I think she was 14 when she wrote it. I'm not sure. But she wrote a diary. I believe she died two years later. And in her diary... It said something like, wouldn't that be amazing if I could actually publish a book? Her diary was published in over 70 languages. People all over the world have read her diary. And you know what? She never knew it. Did God answer Nehemiah's prayer? I think it'll be interesting to talk to Nehemiah one day in heaven when he died, got to heaven, and then realizes his story is in the eternal word of God that will never pass away. The eternal word of God, his story is in there, will never pass away. Did God remember him? Absolutely. Absolutely but he never saw it on earth. He never saw it on earth. Hannah. Remember, she was praying so hard, people thought she was drunk. In 1 Samuel 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, it says this, And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your handmaid and remember me, and not forget your handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall be no razor come upon his head. Hannah's cry, Lord, remember me when I have a need. Remember me when I have a need. The interesting thing with all three of these requests so far is that in their asking of the Lord to remember them, they really do have the right perspective. They're saying, remember me so it can go well with your kingdom, Lord. Samson, let me kill the Philistines because I know that's what I'm supposed to do for you. Nehemiah, remember my good Lord because I'm, I'm concerned about your people. <laughs> remember what we are trying here. Hannah. Give me a child, but you know what? I'm going to give her right back to you. I'm giving right back to you. I'm going to read a verse in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. 
It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This verse was found, well, there was a note right next to this verse found in Moody's Bible. Here's what it said right on the margin in Moody's Bible. The Christian bank note, president of the bank, my God, promised to pay, shall supply. The amount, all you need. The capital of the bank, according to his riches and glory. The cashier's name, Christ Jesus. The amount Moody noted was left blank in order that each one might write in the measure of his need. Fortunately, Heaven's Bank is always available. The cashier is always present. The capital of the bank has never been impaired. The Christian is to ask largely according to his present need and must use at once the riches provided. Christ's promises are more than beautiful sentiments to be hung about the wall for decorative purposes. They are not intended as lifesavers for use only in time of shipwreck. In the presence of such divine provision, there is no excuse for spiritual poverty. What do we do with the gifts when we have needs? Hannah said, Lord, remember me. I just want a male child. But notice what she attaches to that. Not just, hey, I'll raise them right. Hey, I promise to take good care of them. I won't let them go hang out with the wrong crowd. She promises two things. One, I will give him to you his whole life. A priest was really to serve ages 25 to 50. So as soon as this child is weaned, she gives him to the priest. Remember? His whole life. Now, again, it seems pretty good if Hannah goes, listen, give me a man-child and I'll let him be a priest. We're in the family line and I will let him serve you from age 25 to 50. That's great. No. His whole life. And if that wasn't sacrificed enough, she goes, oh, and by the way, he'll be a Nazarene. He'll be a Nazarene. A whole nother level of giving back to the Lord what he has provided. Does God remember her? Samuel was a great prophet. A great prophet. And I said before, I think there must have been times where Samuel was before all of Israel with an anointings of Saul and David and, and all those things where Hannah could have just been like, that's my kid. Lastly, one of my favorite characters in the Bible is the thief on the cross who said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me, even though we've had absolutely no previous relationship. Think about the boldness of the statement. The thief asked God himself during God's time of most suffering, 
I want you to think about me. I have done nothing but mess up my life. That's why I'm here on the cross. I can't promise to do anything for you in the future because I'm dying. I just want you to think about me. There's no relationship between that thief and Jesus. They just met under horrible circumstances. Will you remember me? God thinks about his people, even when we feel like we have no relationship with him at all. There are some of us that have been saved 5, 10, 15 years and might have the depth of the relationship with God that this thief did. You might be saved and have never really grown. I don't know. But I... But it's in Christendom. How in the world would God think of a thief? There's times where it just really is that he just loves us that much. I went to Liberty College uh, or Liberty University last weekend. Uh, cool campus. Great story. My wife wanted my daughter to talk to a professor with computer science background. Mariana was thinking about it. Uh, I kind of wanted to get out. <laughs> Tour was pretty long by then. They had to get the professor from upstairs. So I said, okay, so we're waiting for the professor to come uh, down from the second floor there's another professor looks at me. I'm wearing Washington football team garb. He goes, your dad must be a smart man. I said, absolutely. We start talking. He works not only as a professor at Liberty, but also he works in the personnel for the Washington football team. I said, please talk to me more. There is a truth to the story where my back at some point was turned to my family because they were talking to a professor about computer science, and all I really cared about was talking about the Redskins with this guy. The best part is, as we were leaving, I shook his hand and said, hey, man, great to talk to you. He gives me his business card. Mariana goes, why in the world is he giving you his card? And I said, are you kidding me? I said, babe, if you go to Liberty, don't think we're not starting a relationship with this guy. Okay. So again, I really have no relationship with this guy, but I tell you what, I want him to think about me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want some weird reason to sit there and think, man, if my daughter goes to Liberty, somehow I'm going to talk to this guy, and somehow he's giving me tickets. I don't know how, but I'm going to think about it. Okay? I just, you know, obviously the thief on the cross is nothing like that story, but I was amazed again that they absolutely have no relationship whatsoever, the thief and Jesus. And yet, the Lord says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And they have continued that relationship since their death. The, the, the thief has been in heaven, getting to know the Lord. Whatever the timeline of heaven is, whatever that, he's there. And will continue to get to know the Lord for all eternity. Did the Lord answer his prayer? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. The Lord remembered. I just want us to remember as Joseph is sitting here thinking, please just remember me. That there's many people that have called out to the Lord saying, remember me. And the Lord delights in remembering us. He delights in it. The, the, the simple practical application of this message is really to just simply call on the Lord that He might remember you this week. That if you need help with your calling, He'll talk to you about it. If you have needs, He'll be there for you. If you need help with your encouragement and your ministry, He's there. If you need help to simply start the relationship with him all over again. He's willing to say, I'll remember you. I'll remember you. Joseph makes me think of Jesus because of this theme of remembrance, how much it goes through scripture. And yes, we are obviously going to talk about the fact that on 24 hours before he dies, some would say his dying request is that the Lord Jesus asked us remember remember me and again i love the way steve price was talking about the fact that yes we talk about breaking a bread of lot uh, and we do but if it's only on sunday we really have missed the point of remembering him as well but that's a good start Another uh, story, just maybe for fun or encouragement, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, when I went to Liberty this weekend, I, uh, I was too cheap to get a hotel for three nights. So I called Pablo and Sarah, because they're down there, missionaries to Peru. I said, hey, uh, I'd like to invite myself over. To which my wife was mortified. And I said, babe, I'm not doing a hotel for three nights. So... Uh, Pablo and Sarah said, sure, no big deal. And I said, listen, Pablo, talk to your wife, please. I know that you're just like me. You're like, sure. And we haven't even talked to our wives yet. He's like, sure. I said, Kim, can you please call Sarah? So they worked it all out. By the way, I'm coming. And Pablo goes, oh, yeah, by the way, I'll be in Peru the whole month of October. <laughs> Thanks, Pablo. So now I'm going to his house to spend the night. It's actually his. It's not even his house. It's Sarah's parents' house that they crash when they're on furlough. So I, uh, I'm going to my first ever Washington football game that Sunday. Again, there's no judgment here, but I don't want to miss church, okay? But I also don't want to miss tailgating or anything. So I, I'm, I'm like, hey, I need a church that starts at like 9 o'clock and ends at 10. So I talked to Sarah. And she goes, are you going to church tomorrow? I said, yeah. I said, I'd like to go to church with you. I said, what time does it start? She goes, well, what time do you want to go? I said, I'd love to go at 9. She goes, oh, guess we'll go to the early service. They have a 9 o'clock and like a 10.30. I said, do you really have a church that starts at 9? She goes, yes. I said, yes. Praise the Lord. They go to Friendship Baptist Community. Um, Sarah goes, James, it's not an assembly. I said, Sarah, don't worry about it. Let's just go to church. <laughs> it's just funny for me personally. Again, you might think this story is, is, is not funny at all, but I'm going to a, a nice Baptist church. They're starting a series, What is Church? 
Okay. It, you just got to hear the whole message. Go online. It was a great message about what is church. And it really just means church just means called out. And it was just an assembly of people. And we really should be calling ourselves the assemblies. And I'm on. Okay. Was not my intention. And then he starts talking about how, you know, we should kind of be more like the assemblies that Pablo goes to. And I'm like, this is hilarious. And I'm saying amen. And now I'm embarrassing my wife and Sarah. But the funny thing, it was at the very end of, uh, it really was a good day in church. But at the very end, he goes, listen. He goes, you know, when we start talking about church, uh, the pastor's uh, preaching. He goes, there's two things in church that was left for us, baptism and communion. He goes, and if we really want to start thinking about what was church, this is what they did. They baptized and they broke bread. And you know what? We're going to start breaking bread here. I'm trying to convince the other elders. I think we should be breaking bread every single week. And we're going to do it this week again. I, I'm sitting there going, this is too funny. I'm like, does he? And, and, I, and I actually talked to him later. I said, I hope he didn't like see me like giggling because I wasn't laughing at you. I said, I just, you know, I said, I'm, I'm from the assemblies. I said, you know, I'm friends with Polly. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the reason I tell that story is it was fun for me to go to another church and then them just simply recognize saying, listen, we need to remember the Lord more because that's what the Bible says. And again, I'm not saying that we're doing it right at all by doing every, I'm not, I'm not getting involved in church politics. It was encouraging to me to hear from another Baptist church saying, we, we want to start remembering the Lord more. We want to start remembering the Lord more. So again, I just want to call to remembrance of ourselves that this is, is this theme of remembrance throughout the Bible. The Lord said, please remember me. Remember me. It's not that we forget the Lord throughout the week. Some of us do. But there's a point here where we say we are choosing to come and just think about you. Just think about you. I'm amazed at how simple church can be sometimes. And I just want to talk, if this helps a little bit, um, uh, uh, sometimes the way we can do it. Um, it and when we're, when we're breaking bread here, okay, a lot of times, and I, I can again just share my own personal life, it really does stem. If guys share, uh, stand up and share, it stems from something they thought was cool from what they read that week. Okay, so if I'm reading my Bible in the middle of the week and I see a verse that I thought was really cool or something and I'm thinking about it, that's where I stand up. I'm just thinking about the Lord. You can do that when we break bread here. You can just be thinking about the verses you already read throughout the week and just think about the Lord. That's all we're doing. Okay, also I'll tell you this. Okay. Uh, we read our, I read my Bible during the breaking of bread. I don't sit there quietly and just kind of stare off or pray for the whole half an hour or whatever it is. I read my Bible. Yes, I cheat. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we think these things are so godly. And yes, I'm not taking away from the spirit leading the theme. But if someone is talking about in the breaking of bread, um, his mercy, I go to my Thompson Chain Bible and I look up the topic of mercy. And then I read all the verses. And then it makes me think about his mercy. So if I stand up and go, oh, let's also turn to this. And it talks about mercy. I wasn't no Bible scholar. I looked up in the back. The verses of mercy. That's, I just want to let you know that. Sometimes we think like, hey, maybe it's just me. Maybe everyone else is just that well scholared. 
But I'll tell you how I do it. Okay? Um, there's times of that. Okay? And then there's always the remembering, uh, preparing yourself beforehand. We are to be clean vessels. On the way to church, we should be somehow focusing our, our thoughts and our minds on the Lord. Play some Christian music. Have a quiet car ride. Whatever you got to do to start focusing then before you get in here to remember him. Remember him. Remember him. It is a theme that he loves. As uh, I said before with Steve Price, yes, the Lord said, remember me. And yes, we do it here on a Sunday. And yes, it should be a great time for all of us just to have some time to think about him. But we should be doing it Monday through Saturday. We absolutely should be doing it Monday through Saturday. Do you know why Joseph reminds me of Jesus in this passage? Because he did nothing wrong, was asked to be remembered, and sat in prison, forgotten for two years. It's sad that he would remind me of Jesus in that way. He asked to be remembered. He did nothing wrong. And he sat in prison for two more years. And the Lord Jesus asked, He asked us simply to just think about Him. Think about me. He saved us from hell, He poured out His blood. And it just goes, think about me, please, just think about me. And numerous times, we simply just don't think about him. And again, it's the basic, I just, I want to challenge us again. How much time are we actually spending with him? And I know it sounds like we talk about that all the time. It's because it's the foundational truth of your Christian walk goes nowhere unless you're spending time with him in the word. Nowhere. I would love to kind of scout the room. I thought about doing it of all of us closing our eyes <laughs> and just simply asking who in the room this week has at least read their Bible five days out of the seven. I would like to know where we're at. I can tell you I was preaching this week and I might be at three or four. And what would it have looked like if I wasn't preaching? And even though we talk about it all the time and it seems so basic, why in the world would we expect anything out of our Christian walk if we read the Bible once a week or twice a week? Why? It... It is life. It is food for our soul. So we have always said, God wants to do a work here at Brantford and the spiritual revival and all these things. The very foundational start is reading your Bible on a more consistent basis. Because without that, we're not remembering him. We're not remembering him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to remember you.
I feel so bad asking you for help to simply remember you. Lord, it's what we need. Thank you that you are a God that wants us to think about you. Lord, thank you for thinking about us. Thank you so much for who you are. In your name, amen.